Robinson, who's in the slot. Look in that direction on a slam. Huge hit. Ball picked off. The Volunteers of the Carroll make an interception. Jawan Mitchell. They call him Juju. The discrepancy. Schuster, they were going to take a shot, but he's hit by Nelson. And Nebraska has picked up the football. Their first takeaway of the game. Wells, way down the field. It is in the coverage. It is intercepted. It is over. Lamarian James has sealed the victory for Old Dominion. Justice, what's going on, man? Oh, not much. I'll say the audio. I didn't hear you at first, but now it kicked in. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, my my. Can't hear you again. Can you hear me? <laughs> I can't hear you. I don't know if you can hear me or not. Can you hear me? You can hear me. <laughs> well, hopefully everyone else can hear me. While we're waiting for Hollywood to jump back in, I'll start with the news and notes. Uh, so more realignment news last week or so. Stanford, California, SMU have all decided to join the ACC. Um, not really a surprise. This has kind of been supposed to come down for the last couple weeks. Oh, here comes Hollywood. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Are you gonna? Yep. Oh, my God. We were just talking about how this day has gone. And either the laptop or the phone is going to get broken. I don't know which one, but it's going to get smashed. Yeah, it's been uh, a crappy day anyway. for me, too. But anyway, I, I was talking about the uh, Stanford, California, and SMU joining the ACC. And um, I believe in SMU's case, there's no no media revenue for seven years. And then Stanford yeah, and Cal. That's not crazy. Stanford and Cal are taking like a reduced rate. Um, yeah, I think. I think they're taking like thirty percent. I saw, so I don't which know is that fine, but long term, it's not crazy. I don't think. You don't think so? Seven years and no, no. revenue—that's pretty good. Yeah, but they still get stretch. 
they still get the other revenue. They still get the bowl game revenue. They still get the NCAA tournament revenue. So, I mean, it's not as it's not like they're getting zero revenue. Um, in long term, they'll make they'll make it up easily, right? You know, being in one of the power conferences, I feel like, because um, otherwise they're both kind of on the outside looking in. So, yeah. Yeah, so that I mean, with those with those guys leaving, that now leaves it a pack two: uh, Washington State and Oregon State. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what they seem to think that they're going to keep the Pac-12 intact somehow with other teams, but I don't know where they go or what they do with that. Well, I, I think one of two things is going to happen. Either the Mountain West is going to join and they're going to be called the Pac-12 or they're going to join the Mountain West to be the Mountain West. I think, in my opinion, the deciding factor will be if they all go to the Pac-12, do they get to keep that automatic playoff berth? Exactly, exactly. And I if they, think if they get to keep the it, case. then I would think maybe the Mountain West teams would want to join forces and, and change their name to the Pac-12, maybe. Um, but without without that, that's, what I think that, that's not going to happen. Yeah, that's my opinion, too, because unless the Pac-12 completely dissolves, I think they still hold and retain the rights to any playoff, whatever, you know, rules or rewards, whatever they get. So, like, if they're getting in an automatic bid, unless that conference dissolves completely, I, I would think they would retain that. Well, yeah, and, and maybe there's some language that says that those automatic berths can be reevaluated every so often. And so if that's the case, that could play a factor too, right? Because let's say if it's only good for two years, well, then they'd be like, oh, well, after two years, they're going to drop us anyway. So what's the point? You know, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Remains those are, those are the sure details. I'm sure we'll, those details will all be coming out in the near future, I would assume. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be some more details, more movement. Um, I'm sure the shuffling, the, bit, the main part of the shuffling is done, but there could be some smaller teams or conferences moving around, but we'll see. Um, Minnesota linebacker Cody Lindenberg didn't play versus Nebraska. Uh, hopefully he makes it back this week. And you've got to pay attention to Twitter, right? Because they've yeah. got the Big Ten availability reports now, which I kind of like, actually, right? Yeah, the only thing I don't know is Minnesota's probably not playing a conference game this week, so maybe they're not forced to put those out. Yeah, maybe. And don't you kind of feel like this is sort of gambling related forced in a way. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it, it'll, it's, it's, I think it's going to be the norm moving there, forward. Right? Yeah. It, it'll be the norm. I think for at least for the power conferences moving forward, like everybody will do this, I think. Yep. I think so too. Um, safety Nick Imanawari from South Carolina is questionable this week versus Furman. Um, yeah, he didn't play very much against week. Carolina. He was hurt, so yeah, I, I don't expect. Yeah, he wasn't on the field very much at all. I don't expect him to play against Furman at all. I mean, he's their best safety, um, and so there was uh, another other than DQ Smith. There was another safety who put up a lot of stats. Um, but I, if I was you, I would not. I, off the top of my head, I can't think of his name. But 
I would not be rushing to the waiver wire to add him because as soon as Amon Awari is back, that guy goes back to the bench. So I want to say that guy probably led him in tackles or was pretty close. The guy, I just can't think of his name. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to find it here. Uh, oh. I think Amon Awari only played a few snaps and he just couldn't play. Kind of Antoine Wells, the receiver, was in the same boat and. I would expect they're going to arrest him again this week against Furman because they clearly don't need him against Furman. Or shouldn't need him against Furman, no. I should say. Well, no. They shouldn't, no. That should be uh, a pretty easy win. And usually week two, as, as we'll get into when we start talking about week two, that's pretty much your your cupcake, your warm-up teams for when you hit conference play. Um, DQ Smith. There's another guy. DQ Smith's a starter, but there's another guy, another DB that was, I think, had like one more tackle or one less tackle than DQ. Jason Kilgore? Uh, I thought it was a guy with like, I thought it was maybe. Is he a freshman? I'm trying to look here. Let's see. He may be something. He may be. Yeah, he's a defensive back. Jalen Kilgore. He had uh, 12 tackles last week. So, yeah, that's who I'm thinking of. So, yeah, I wouldn't be rushing yeah. to wait, add him because he's probably going back to the bench whenever Amon Awari comes back. Exactly. Um, safety Evan Williams and linebacker Justin Jacobs are still recovering from injuries for Oregon, and their status for this week is in doubt. Uh, Evan Williams, I think we've talked about before, is a transfer from uh, Fresno State. Fresno State, yeah. Yep. And, and Jacobs is transfer from Iowa. Iowa. Yep. So um, they could really – well, I say they could really use him. I don't know that they needed him after putting up 81 or whatever it was they put up last week. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. I'm sure – I mean, I don't, who do they play this week? They have to have a tougher game this week, I imagine. Let's see here. Let me click on the schedule. And while I'm looking at this, I, I saw somewhere that – Oregon and Oklahoma were two of them, but it was the first time that four teams had scored 70-plus points or won by 70-plus points in a single week. There's something crazy like that. So, Oregon, let's see here. Who does Oregon have? Um, Oregon plays on the road at Texas Tech. So, they're headed to Lubbock this week. Who lost to Wyoming <laughs> and Laramie. Exactly. That was a great game. I don't know that if you caught that game, game but it was. It was. <laughs> we, we could talk about it later when we talk about our week one thoughts, but it was a great game. Yep. A um, little bit of an NFL tidbit, but it ties into college here. The Bears rookie defensive tackle, Gervin Dexter, who played for the Florida Gators, is suing an NL, NIL company for an agreement when he played at Florida. And that agreement allegedly had a clause that Dexter must pay the company 15% of his future NFL earnings for the next 25 years. The ideal paid Dexter 436000 and some change while at Florida. 15% for the next 25 years? That's some Bobby Bond media bills here. Yeah, well, they're making money, right? They're getting that $436,000 back and then some. It's um, yeah, I don't know. Like it's it's a bad deal, but um, 
I'm, I'm just laughing because it's kind of funny, right? Like the, basically this, this, this NIL company is ensuring they have money in the future to hand out for NIL deals. Right. It's yeah, kind of like, it makes a, you wonder how many they're self-funding. Yeah. It makes you wonder how many of these bad companies are, are doing, yeah. Doing stuff like this. Well, I can't, and I can't believe like that a, I mean, I guess I can, but, <laughs> that, that, that a player would sign this without having like an attorney or somebody look at it, right? I mean, that just seems crazy to me. You would have to. Maybe, maybe they'd done it early enough that because there were some kind of rules in Florida when all this took place, if I'm not mistaken, Justice. Was there not some kind of rule or something? Because they waited till the last minute, I believe, to go ahead and put their rules in. And they were kind of different from everybody else for state law rules. So I don't know if because it was when it maybe when it was done that it being in its infamacy, you know, people just don't know all the flaws and kinks, and maybe that was part of it. But yeah, it's it not a not a good not a good deal at all. No, <laughs> terrible um, deal. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, FSU versus LSU, the big, big matchup. Um, I think the, the top matchup of the week. I mean, we had some good games that we'll get into, but um, gameplay, for example, presentation was two hours, 27 minutes. Um, ad, time was a, ad time was 131 ads. For 55 minutes and 48 seconds, so almost an hour. Um, so the game time's not bad. Two hours, basically two and a half hours, but you throw in the hour for the ads, and you're pushing. You know, TV time is three hours and 23 minutes. Uh, if you're wanting to shorten the game, how about you cut these damn ads out, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's, not what... that's the whole point of this, right? The the whole point of that rule of those rules, they weren't to shorten the game. They were to have more money, more time for ads for more money. That's that's what it was about, and that's exactly that's just that. I don't know. That's that's in, irritating, right? Like it was not it was not about shortening games. It was about making more money, right? And I think watching Tennessee play um, this last Saturday, right? Um, that was something that was being talked about all through the game. Was you know shortening of the game because the clock continues to run and and all this stuff. Tennessee runs as probably as many plays as probably anybody in the country for the most part. And at the end of the day, I think we only lost about eight plays that went off of what we normally get. So not a ton, but you know, it's, it's a little bit of a, a drop off, but yeah. you know, they asked coach Hopple about it and he's like, you know what? We're losing eight plays. The other team's losing eight plays pretty much. Um, he said, what we do with the play, he said, we're still out running, you know, out numbering the plays of our opponents. So he said, long as we keep that ratio, our ratio, our, our plays versus theirs, we're good. It's, you know, if, when we start to see that ratio get closer, he said, then I'll be concerned. But he said, from what we're doing, what we want to do and what we're running, it's no issue. So um, I, I, I know it's early, but you know, one week or two, if you count week zero, but um it's an early sample size, short sample size. So as we go along, I'm sure there'll be more numbers on this. But uh, um, and we'll touch yep. on this game. 
The thing for me is like, and it's why I don't go to NFL games. Like you don't realize how many commercials are until you go to an NFL game. And you're like, it just it interrupts the whole, in my opinion, interrupts the whole flow of the game, when, at least when I'm watching, right? Um, when yeah. I'm actually at the game. And so I don't go to NFL games anymore. And I hope the same thing doesn't happen to college football because it just yeah. you know makes it unbearable for the people in the stands. Yeah. Well, I can say the only good thing about the commercials is you may have heard me just pop a top on Saturdays when three or four o'clock rolls around. I ain't going to lie. Those commercial breaks, they kind of come in handy. <laughs> um, um, and then our last piece of news, and I think me and you and uh, Chop were talking about this in the chat, right? It's like every Georgia week, football man. Every week. Yeah. Georgia football staff member and former player Jarvis Jones was arrested for what? Reckless driving and speeding. It's, it's – like you can't, you can't it's just, it's just, like yeah, no, you can't make this stuff up, man. It's like every week somebody associated with Georgia football is doing something with the making bad decisions with the car. And Kirby's just kind of like blowing it off, right? But I guess when you're twenty eight and zero or thirty and whatever the record is the last two years and two national championships, I guess you get to do whatever you want to. But uh, at some point, this is going to catch up with him. The whole team, it's it's going to catch up with him at some point. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I say comical. It's it's really not comical. It's serious. But no, it's yeah. I mean, yeah. like, it's, yeah, it, it's 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 a culture <laughs> issue down there that they need to take care of. You know, right? Um, I, I honestly, when I saw it, I couldn't believe it. I was like, "Are you freaking kidding me again?" Again, <laughs> right? Yeah, again. I was like, "It's not even a player. Hell, it's a man. coach, right? It's a or staff member." Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I guess they really are teaching them the way, huh? All right, setting a good example. <laughs> right. Um, uh, before we get to our, uh, our five-star topic, uh, we want to thank our sponsors. Um, we want to thank um, Trophy Smack uh, for donating rings to our listener leagues uh, for this league and some of our IDP Nation leagues. Uh, Nice, high-quality stuff. Um, comes really well-packaged. Nice little box, as you can see. Got your ring on the inside. Um, nice, quality stuff. Justice has showed off his. There's uh, one that I had. So, uh, nice, quality stuff. Real heavy, really well-made. Stands out. They've got different designs. Uh, Rings, plaques, trophies. Um, the belts are amazing. You've heard us talk about the belts. Uh, they're amazing. They've got a little plaque you can yeah. mail, uh, mount to your wall and hang your, and display your belt. So those belts are really cool. Yeah, yeah. They're. I would love to get one of them and just leave the uh, the side plates kind of blank and then have it engraved every year on who the winner is. I think that'd be cool to uh, to pass around and and stuff so we may look into that but yeah if you've got a league um and it's they do everything right baseball basketball football hockey you know they if you get on their website they do stuff for for businesses right like top seller and stuff like that so there's nothing that they can't do um like i said good quality stuff they even got stuff for losers right they've got flags where you can have your uh the loser of your league run down the street saying i suck at fantasy football they've got all kinds of stuff so 
definitely go check them out. And uh, yeah, and, and they just had a uh, a contest where your boy Nate won a trip to L.A. I saw that. Yeah, he's going to SoFi, so he's going out there to watch a game. So that's cool. Um, yeah, Nate Markham, uh, who I'll be doing shoot back with here in a couple hours. Uh, yeah, go uh, check us out. And yeah, he won that. So uh, kudos to him. So it pays um, to support them. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And their their link is in my bio, so IDP Nation bio. So you can click on that and go get your discount on whatever it is that you want to pick up for your league winner. Uh, we want to thank MFL because uh, they host, well, we will say MFL and Fantrax. Fantrax hosts us the college side for us. Uh, MFL comps us on our leagues for the NFL side. So they're kind enough to do that. Uh, fully customizable. You can set your league up however you want, right? Redraft, dynasty, position specific, basic position, offense, defense, whatever you want to do, you know, they, it, the tools are there for you to fine-tune your league however you want. And um, personally for me, and I think you feel the same way, Justice, they are the cream of the crop, right? They're the best in the business. I know some people yep. complain Absolutely. about them having to pay a little bit, but I'm a firm believer you you get what you pay for, right? If you want to try the cheap route. Oftentimes you, you do. Don't always get <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um and then we want to thank Action 24-7, right? They're a locally owned gambling site for Tennesseans, by Tennesseans. We've got all the odds just like the big boys, ping pong, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, college football's up. Baseball season's in full swing. You know, we're closing in on the playoffs. So go check them out um, and use the promo code HOLLYWOOD100. Um, get your uh, deposit bonus there. And um, anytime you help them out, or help these sponsors out. You're helping us out, right? So um, we want to thank them. Um, about forgot what I was saying. Uh, so now we're going to get to week one, um, our five-star topic. And uh, our week one is Fancy Corner. And for those of you that are new and it has it, that hasn't followed us uh, last year, Justice goes down with some of our leagues, including the Dig League, a couple of leagues that me and him and Chop is in that Choppy runs, and a couple of other campus to Canton leagues. And he's giving you the top scores out of those leagues. I'm going to say it right now. Some of these is going to sound repetitive. So, you know, it, maybe the scoring is a little different, but maybe the players the same. So he may run through those, Justice, when you're talking. Yeah. Maybe you just say, hey, here's a guy that's kind of repetitive in all leagues. Um, but um, other than that, he tries to give you one at each position, you know, the top score at each position and all that good stuff. So this is kind of his baby. Um, so I'll let you uh, I'll let you take off with it. Sure. So we'll start with our Debbie IDP grind uh, C2C Listener League. This is a 16-team league, and it is position-specific. So we start defensive ends, defensive tackles, linebackers, cornerbacks, and safeties. So the top defensive end was Laiatu Latu from UCLA uh, with 23 points. Um, if you watch that UCLA Coast Carolina game, he was in that backfield wreaking havoc on the regular, right? Um, great college guy, and, and you know, I, I expect he'll be drafted come, uh, come next spring. Uh, next is defensive tackle now. This guy isn't technically a defensive tackle, 
but fan tracks eligibility, especially on the defensive side, leaves lots to be desired, but it is what it is. And that's Owen Porter from Marshall. And you're going to hear his name a lot tonight. Um, he scored 28 and a half points. Uh, Porter was one of the top scorers last year for, along, the, along the defensive line. Um, so it's, it's no shock that, you know, he uh, he's kind of starting where he left off, left off last year. And that Marshall defense is for a, for a G5 team is pretty good defense. Uh, next up, this is another gentleman you're going to hear quite a bit tonight. Um, and that's Tyrese Knight, uh, linebacker out of UTEP. He scored 32 and a half points. Um, he's just kind of a one-man wrecking crew, tackle hog for, uh, for UTEP. And next up is a cornerback who also you're going to hear a lot of. Uh, if he was started, he was the top scoring cornerback and or defensive back in any league. And that's Jaden Hicks, uh, Washington State, 38.9 points. Um, you know, Washington State had a great game and he was a big part of that. He's a big part of that defense for them. They lost, they lost Henley. So Hicks and some others are stepping up. Um, and, and leading that defensive side of that ball for the uh, for the Cougars. Uh, next at safety is Cole Bishop, Utah, twenty five points. Uh, Cole Bishop, you know, kind of doing what he did last year for that Utah defense. Utah's a pretty stout defense, and and those linebackers and uh, safeties are definitely ones to own and see the C leagues. Uh, next up is the Campus Canton League that Chop runs, and that is a also. It's a 20 team league, I believe. Um, but it's, it's not as position specific. It's just D line, linebacker, and DB. Um, the D lineman was Owen Porter. The defensive back was Jaden Hicks. So I'm not going to talk about them again. Uh, but the linebacker was uh, someone new. And that's Jackson Bratton I'm out of UAB with 30 points. Um, if he's available in your leagues, definitely should be looking at him. Um, he led that UAB defense. And, and as you know, oftentimes, G5 linebackers can be very productive for the college, you know, college fantasy football. Uh, next up is fantasy football legends, another league that's run by chop 16 team league. Um, again, generic D line linebacker, defensive backs, uh, the line, the lineman, same guy, Owen Porter linebacker. We've heard, I've mentioned to you earlier, Tyrese Knight. Um, but the next name um, caused a little bit of a controversy in, in, in several leagues <laughs> that I'm in, and that's uh, defensive back Travis Hunter with 32.9 points. So, you know, if you're not aware, Travis Hunter played both ways. I think he had like 11, 10 or 11 catches for 100 yards, a um, couple of tackles, et cetera. Um, and so those 32.9 points represent his body of work on the field, not just what he did on defense. And it should. It's everything that he did on the field, and I, and I agree with you. Um, like the player plays, he should get all the points for, for what he does on the field. Um, well, this goes back to sorry to interrupt you, but it kind of goes back to like before we kind of got into camps NFL, and you would have um, Refrigerator Perry, right? <laughs> right, or you would have Deshaun Jackson. Well, you play him at wide receiver, but he would return a punt for a touchdown, and some leagues didn't score that. And I was like, well, that's kind of bullshit. You know, he's out. It doesn't matter where he's playing. He's, he's making an impact from somewhere. So you should get the points. So I've always been a huge proponent of that. And that's how we set this league up. And, uh, you know, it's, 
it is what it is. Uh, uh, <laughs> our friend Dougie has uh, turned him at the perfect time. He said, ha, ha, ha. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, we, I mean, we that's how we set our league up, right? Uh, if you you know if you're on offense, you get the and that, all these leagues I'm talking about are set up the same way. Um, so I yeah. I wrote a tool. I wrote I, I, I you know Fantrax doesn't score tackles, um, and even their other IDP yeah. stats aren't um, necessarily reliable. So last off season, because um, two years ago me and Choppy were doing it by hand, and we we're spending lots of hours per league doing that. And I was like, I'm not doing this again. Right. It's a, it's like you basically killing a whole day. Um, and so um, last off season, I built something a little bit more automated to, uh, to score the IDP. Um, and, and that's how I built it. Right. Like, you know, I, I, I don't know. My assumption is an MFL. If somebody plays both ways, they're getting both points. Um, it just doesn't happen very, it doesn't happen very often. Um, so anyway, that's how I built the tool. And then um, this this past off season, come August, um, the software that I built or p- one of the softwares that I used stopped offering a free license. And so they wanted ten thousand dollars from me for a license. Well, obviously, I'm not going to spend ten thousand dollars on a license. So I had to figure out other ways to do it. I basically had to rebuild it. And this was like I right. found this out. It was like August 7th. And so I had like three weeks to uh, to build this thing. I rebuilt it, built it the same exact way as it was built all of last year. Um, and, um, you know, I, I spent weeks. It wasn't hours. It was weeks redoing this. And so when um, when people, you know, want to, you know, be nasty or ugly about it, like it, it irritates me. And I'm not going to sit there and let you tell me that I did a shitty job or you know, if you don't appreciate what I do, that's fine. Don't 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 play in the league. Um, but I'm not gonna sit there and take abuse from people because they don't like the way it's done. You know, plain and simple. Right. That's well, the way I it is. Wanna, I appreciate everything you do because I know uh, you've helped me with the, uh, the IDP ranking spreadsheet that I do for Debbie. Um, it's a lot of work. So you know, I, I know you and Chop run a lot of these leagues or do a lot of stuff behind the scenes, and it's it's not easy, especially when yeah, do people don't understand that, right? A they couple just want weeks before the season complain. starts. So, yeah. But anyway, you know. On to a happier note. So. <laughs> on to a happier note. So I think you're I'm on to the tune land. Yep. And I only have yeah. one, di- only one different person here. And that is the defensive lineman, uh, Jock Evans, uh, Western Kentucky. He was the high player defensive lineman in that league with 26 points. Um, that's a 24-team league, but it's generic D-line, linebacker, DB. The linebacker was Tyrese Knight once again, and the defensive back was Jaden Hicks once again. Um, and so, I mean, like Jaden Hicks, right? If he started in the league, he outscored Travis Hunter. So, you know, just because right. Travis Hunter got dual points doesn't necessarily mean he was the top, you know, IDP player in the league. Right. Um. All right, now I'm going to talk about some guys that scored high in week one, um, but I'm, I'm not going to necessarily advocate that you go out and pick any of these guys up. This is a one-week sample okay. size, right? Um, and so, so this scoring that you have, what, is that based on a certain league that we're in, or is it just kind of a it, generic? No, this, this particular scoring that's shown for these free agents, that's from our li- listener league. 
Okay. Um, it's, okay. So it's two points for tackles, one for assists. Um, I think four for sacks, four for interceptions. I don't remember off the top of my head, but something. Right. I, know, I know it's two okay. for tackles and one for assists. One hundred percent. I know that. Um, you get points for right. sacks, um, QB hurries, passes defended, interceptions, interception yards, um, intercept like defensive touchdowns, um, all that stuff. So the, the, th the three top defensive linemen who were free agents in um, in the DIG League were Sam Burton from Marshall, 21.5 points, Danny Strigo from Minnesota at 19.5 points, and then Cam Butler from Virginia, 16 points. Um, I don't know anything about Burton or Strigo. First time, like when I was putting this list together, it's the first time I've ever seen either one of, either, either one of their names. Um, but Cam Butler – um, certainly has been a productive uh, college uh, defensive lineman. Um, and, you know, Virginia is not a good offense. And so what does that mean? Lots of opportunities for their defense because they're on the field so much. So, you know, if I was going to have to pick one of these three guys, I'm probably going to pick Butler because it's not the first time he's done something. And, you know, with that, with that offense not being so great, um, then uh, you know he, he's going to have a lot of opportunity. the The three linebackers were Yavandi Rigby from Temple with twenty five points, Jerome Jolly at Liberty with twenty four point two points, and Josiah Pierre at Texas Tech at twenty four points. Um, Rigby kind of came out of nowhere because I, I don't really remember recall seeing his name in their Week Zero matchup. Um, like usually the IDPs you hear about from Temple are Jordan McGee and Leighton Jordan, uh, two other linebackers there. But uh, Rigby was the top guy this week for uh, the Temple Owls with 25 points. Uh, Jerome Jolly, Liberty, um, maybe, you know, with the, with the new coaching staff, uh, maybe he's someone that's going to step up for them. And, you know, you might want to at least put him on your watch list, pay attention, see how he does for uh, future weeks. Josiah Pierre, I'm pretty sure, is an edge guy um, at Texas Tech. So I believe most of his points came from sacks and not tackles. And so for me personally, I'm not that's not the type of player that I would look to start at a linebacker just because sacks are just so unpredictable, right? They're not they're not consistent. Um, next are the defensive backs. Um, defensive back Miles Scott from Illinois with 38.6 points. Defensive back Reddy Stewart from Troy for 33 points. And defensive back Jeremiah Wilson at Syracuse with 31.2 points. Um, again, these probably aren't guys that I'm rushing out to to roster, but I'm, you know, at least, you know, pay attention to see how they do this coming week. If they, if they can kind of sustain those, that level of production. That's that's yeah, pretty much some of those names, Yeah, some of those names I had seen, um, you know, when I was doing some of my research for uh, the Debbie IDP start market Bro that I've done. Brock just uh, chimed in. Pierre had 14 tackles, so most of his production wasn't sex. I just know he's listed like – I think he's a more of an edge guy, but maybe he is playing in the middle. I'm not sure. Yeah, you know, he wants to make fun of my flat bill hat. I don't know. <laughs> what I look like, but you know, the the good thing of being a host, especially with him not around, is you know I can do this and tell him what I think about him. So you know, <laughs> he he can do that with his flat bill hat. So until his Huskers can uh, get past somebody like Northwestern, I don't want to hear it. So you know, 
So he's got that going for him, right? Well, you got to see the UVA game. How did Cam Butler look to you against Tennessee? Eh, he didn't look too bad. I mean, not a world beater, right? But... No, I mean, like, like I said, Virginia offense is terrible, so their defense is going to be on the field a lot. Um, yeah. They... Was, there, was there any linebackers that stood out to you, kind of like taking over for Nick Jackson? Actually, no. Their strength was their defensive front. Their front yeah. four. Um, with with they uh, gave us a with little bit of fit. Chico Bennett and Cam Butler. Yeah, they wanted to. Uh, they run a lot of stunts and twists, so they were trying to confuse us up front because our center was out. Which they got some pressure in there a little bit, but you know they they need a lot of help back there on the secondary on that second level and third level. So, um, yeah, nobody really stood out in place of Nick Jackson, which I thought, um, you know, I thought somebody would, you know, whether it was a no name or, or somebody that they had, nobody really stood out. I mean, it was their defensive line and then they had so many issues on offense, turning the ball over and stuff. So yeah, I heard something like quarterback that was jumping from division two. So he was kind of during the headlines. And then he got hurt. Did he get hurt in the game too? Yeah, he got banged up and kind of limped around a little bit, and then towards the end they kind of took him out. So, I mean, it was a bit, that was a big jump for him. So, because um, I've heard I've heard rumors that they might not have a quarterback for this week against JMU, and JMU's a good team, at least on the defensive side for sure. JMU will beat them if they're not real careful. Uh, I don't know what the spread is, but I wouldn't be shocked if JMU's the favorite, and it's at UVA. Honestly. I- Honestly, I thought that maybe Virginia would score like 13, 16 points on us, you know, because we've got some issues with the secondary, young guys and and stuff like that. And, uh, no, man, they, could, they couldn't even take advantage of that. I mean, it was – they just had issues all around, so, um, which worked out for us. But, uh, anyway. Um, it's a good segue to, to, our, to our next topic of discussion. <laughs> yeah, our five-star topic, so. You know, our thoughts and impressions. Um, you kind of talked about Nick Jackson, who stepped up for him, and nobody really did. But we thought, and, and myself included, right? We all thought Nick Jackson transfers to Iowa. Jack Campbell's gone, right? Two years in a row, he had 100 plus tackles. He's in Detroit and first round draft pick. Nick Jackson should step in there and fill his shoes right away. And I, honestly, I kind of. Felt like that was the key, right? That would have been the narrative. It wasn't. Jay Higgins come out of yeah. nowhere, and he's a senior. He come out of nowhere and had, what, 16, 17 tackles? I think it was um, 16 tackles. Yeah, so, you know, I've added him to my IDP Diddy rankings, but I didn't want to put him all the way at the top, right? I put him on the rankings. Is that an aberration? You know, is it a one-week type deal, and Nick Jackson picked back up? where he needs to be or what. So I think some of those players like that, Jay Higgins, I think you've kind of got to – if you can pick them up, it's worth the ad, but don't go expecting that every week. I think you, especially with a Nick Jackson, right, you got to kind of pump the brakes and see week two, three, what happens. And if Higgins is still dominating week two or three, then, hey, you're in good shape. You've got the leading tackler for Iowa, which is a good thing. So, um I was shocked as anybody to see that he was their leading tackler. That just 
Well, the, the one thing maybe a takeaway from this game is with, with Higgins and Jackson in the game, um, you know, th- their defensive backs like Cooper DeJean and, and Xavier and Wonkpa um, really didn't get, you know, their tackle numbers weren't that high because Higgins and Jackson are soaking them up. So that could have an impact if you have any Iowa defensive backs too. Right, and to kind of piggyback off that, their defensive end, Joe Craig and um, – you know, I can't think of the other Deont- guy. That was a Deontay Evans. Uh, yeah, Deontay Evans. You know, their tackle numbers weren't super high either. For for ends, they weren't high. So, um, if Higgins can do that, he's probably a waiver wire steal of the year early, right? I mean, with those kind of numbers. So, I would just look and see what happens the next couple weeks. But I'd definitely go ahead and put that client in on him because it's going to cost you nothing, right? Um even at the very least, if you're in an auction type league like Chop kind of likes to run, where you have to bid on players, you're not bidding too much on him. So you're, you, you know, a few bucks. You're not really, you're not really out anything, right? Um, Perma, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, you're making fun of Chop about Marvin Pierre here. Um, have no idea, but. Um, my next one is, can, you know, we talked about games of the week. Can Colorado support two fantasy safeties? Uh, we all knew or all knew about Trevor Woods, right? He, he was the one lone stud kind of up there before Dion arrived uh, with his, his team. Now you've got Shallow Sanders, and he had 10 tackles, and I believe nine of them were solos last week. Trevor Woods didn't miss a beat. He had 10 or 11 tackles as well. I don't know that that's going to change. I think that's kind of going to be the thing going forward because their linebackers are not super aggressive. We talked about a few weeks ago with Chop, right, about how small their defensive line is. So I think there's issues there. Of course, you've got, um, you know, the superstar hunter out there at corner, but I think those two linebackers, Sanders and, and Wood, defensive back safety, they're yeah. going to be huge this year. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I don't think that the linebackers or even the defensive line for Colorado is great. Um, and so, yeah, I'm I'm in 100 agree with you that that you know I think Sanders and Woods can both be productive uh, fantasy assets for your uh, CFF teams. You know, for the college production, um, and then. I don't, you know, as you saw, it's going to be a, it's going to be a shootout every week, right? Says what it feels like. And, you know, that just, that, that's good. That's good for all, all parties involved, I feel like the defensive and offensive parties. Right. And um, I don't know if Chop is still listening, but uh, he may be in a world of pain this week because Colorado plays Nebraska. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think it's going to be more of the same of what we – well, I won't say that. It's going to say it'll be more of the same we saw last week. TCU could score points. They just yeah, I think, nobody, right? yeah, I think – Yeah, I think Nebraska's defense so like, is better, but their offense is probably worse than TCU. So. Yeah, so I think it's going to be how good Nebraska's defense can kind of hold up that offense. Um I well, think my guess over is Nebraska's in trouble, right? I mean, they're total, total they're guess on my part, but I think Nebraska's going to run, 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 and run some more, right? 
Well, in their defense, Jeff Sims didn't do them no favor with the interceptions and the fumble last no. week. He didn't do them any favors. So, if they can just get decent quarterback play out of him, they beat Minnesota. Um, well, again, they would just run the ball, right? Take it out of his hands. Well, their running back had a big fumble, too. Uh, I think it's Allen that they were kind of depending on. He had a key fumble that kind of on a drive, so – I have to imagine Matt Rule is, is screaming at the top of his lungs to eliminate the damn turnovers, which is a coach's thing, right? Anytime you've got turnovers, it just drives the damn head coach mad. So, yeah. um, man, I, I think it's going to be – if Nebraska can keep it in the high teens, early 20s, they've got a shot. If it starts both teams getting over 25, then I, I think they kind of lose. Um and uh, Colorado goes to two and zero. Just uh, that was the game of the week, right? And it started so early. The big noon kickoff. That was the the, the premier game. Um, we talked about. Well, we didn't talk about it, but Utah. They spanked Florida by two touchdowns. They did it without Cam Rising, um, which I thought was kind of impressive, right? Um, North Carolina put it on South Carolina. I thought that was one of the bigger games of the week. Um, and then we talked about the Florida State LSU game, which for me was the game of the week. Um, LSU had repeated opportunities in the red zone and couldn't cash in. And I think one of their biggest issues for me that I saw, excuse me, the biggest issues that I saw that turned the whole game around was Florida State's short yardage run defense. They were just monstrous in that I mean, area. And I, Florida, think that I feel like Florida State's defensive line is underrated. I, I feel yeah, like other are. people underrate them because they're from the ACC. But I, I'd put their defensive line up against anybody in the SEC. Yeah, I would too. And I think if I had to pick right now, I think they win that conference this year. Because that defense oh, absolutely. Was, right after that Duke-Clemson yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, should be a, a no brainer at this point, I think. Um, any other games that stood out to you while I'm looking here? Um, in the LSU game, what did you do? think about the um, usage of Harold, Harold Perkins? How they used him in that game? I wasn't crazy about it. Um, I don't know. It just seemed it seemed kind of weird to me how they were using it, right? Not like the traditional usage, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's kind of like best kind of like um, in, in an un, I don't know unconventional approach, I guess maybe where you know where you I mean, use some of the tackles and two solos, which is. It's not bad, right? You know, for a kind of like an edge rusher, but that's pretty good tackle numbers. But um, no TFLs, no sacks. Um, he just kind of seemed to be off. It just, yeah. He just, I don't know. It, it was kind of weird. It just didn't seem like it was the same Harold Perkins that we saw a year ago, right? Yep. I agree. Jared Verse, I thought, and, looked great. Uh, I mean, from a stat perspective, I don't think he did much, but. I thought he looked good in the well, game. Well, he kind of got 
he kind of got gypped on that one. Yeah, they said it was. Uh, I believe they said it was an incomplete pass or whatever. <laughs> yeah. but I mean, he, he looked that good. Was, uh, he looked good, and I, I had said it when we were talking. I think me and Chop and DJ and some of us have got a, uh, a text chat, and I said, you know, this is this is a, a top ten matchup. This is a prime time opportunity for him to display, you know, to the scouts. Um, what he can do. So I thought he did pretty well, even though he only had two tackles, one fellow, but he should have had the sack, the TFL, the strip. So, um, but yeah, he's a, there was one play. Oh, I wish I could remember who it was. Uh, I don't think it was J- uh, Jaden Daniels. Might've been, um, it might've been Josh Williams on a run. I can't remember who it was, but anyway, he is running from across the field to make this tackle and had his teammate not been in the way, he supermans over him to try to make this tackle down the field. So um, I don't, I think if his teammate hadn't been away, he'd have probably made that tackle. But um, yeah, I mean, I was, uh, I was really impressed with Florida state. I thought it would be a close game if they won. And I thought it might be a little bit of a runaway if LSU won, you know, I thought it'd be 10 points LSU to maybe, four or five Florida State. I thought that was kind of the area. So for them to win by 21 and just kind of dominate the second half, um, I was kind of surprised by that. Um, Dougie's got a – are the limited talent – let's see. Are the limited talent going to wear down their stars for Colorado as the season goes? So I'm guessing – Oh, yeah. I guess he's what he's saying is. What he's asking about is Hunter going to play both ways. Yeah, he can't do that all year long, I don't think. Ah, I wouldn't think so, but, man, they don't really have another option. <laughs> I know they've got the I mean, from an offensive standpoint, I don't know that. I mean, they have other weapons, right? And so – Defensively, he's got to be there on defense. I, I don't see how he's not there he on defense. Um, but offense, I feel like they can, they can, they could do without him. But, but I, I'll say this: I also feel like you know, there's no doubt in my mind that Dion wants to wants him to win a Heisman, and to do that, yeah. he's gonna he's gonna have to do what he did on Saturday every week. And so maybe that's what they're gonna do, right? And and we'll see how how you know how it plays out if he's able to to do that on a every week basis. Right, and kind of piggyback it, kind of to piggyback off that. Right, three tackles, one solo. He had the huge interception late in the game down in the red zone. Right, um, and then offensively, well, he almost had a touchdown. Eleven catches. Too. Yeah, and he had 11 catches for 119 yards with a long of 43. So, you know, he kind of shows you uh, the target monster he can be with kind of the long distance home run ability he had with the 43-yard catch. Then he shows you on defense what he can do uh, as a playmaker. I'll say this, and it kind of goes back to the Shiloh Sanders and uh, Trevor Woods, right? So Sanders had 10 tackles, nine solos. Woods had nine tackles seven solos, a PBU. If you don't have Travis Hunter out there on, at that corner, shutting the corner, one of those corners down, 
that puts a lot of pressure on those two safeties because then you're trying to ask them to come in and cover a little bit. And, I don't, you know, they've got their own – not that they have issues, but they've got enough on their plate trying to make up for the linebackers, right? So you don't want yeah. them to have to try to make up for a corner as well. Um, I think that's just too much. I mean, I could see the concern that Dougie has, and I think it's a legit concern, right? Can you continue yeah. this all year? Um, I mean, it helps when you've got Dylan Edwards, you know, running and catching the ball. That helps, right? Um, I mean, the other two receivers had, had yards Weaver. too, so. Yeah, they had four, they had four players over 100 yards receiving, so counting uh, Dylan Edwards. So it helps. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think I think Hunter will continue to get the plays because, like you said, Dion's trying to – I don't want to say force, but he's trying to make – him to, every uh, opportunity. To win a Heisman. That's what it's to about. Be, to win a Heisman. So I think in games like this, this was a statement game for him, right? He had the 100 yards. He had the interception. Next week, that's that's a game that I think he needs to shine in as well. Those games that they win, he really needs to shine. The games that he loses, it would help if he shines, but it's kind of understandable if it's not a big game, right? So he he really needs to put his foot on the gas when he can and then be consistent and be show his durability and stuff in the games where he can't. I don't know. Unless he gets hurt. I think this could be close to the norm for him because I'm, I'm with you. I think Dion's trying to give him every opportunity to win that Heisman. And that and that's if Shadur don't, right? 510 yards and four interceptions. I mean, that's a school record, 510 yards. That's, that's nothing to sneeze at. And then you got Dylan no, Edwards with no. his four touchdowns. So. Yeah, the, the one thing I that I guess – anybody. It, did surprise me was that the yeah. offensive line was able to hold up like they did. Now, TCU, you know, lost, you know, Dylan Horton was gone, a couple other linebackers. So I, I'll, I'll be really interested to see how they hold up uh, against this Nebraska defense this week, too. I, I thought the yeah, offensive TCU's line would be a lot worse than was Johnny Hodges. Yeah, TCU's best defender was Johnny Hodges. Nine tackles, five solos, one TFL, one sack. Um, and then they had Jamoy Hodge. Eight tackles, five solos, two TFLs in a sack. Um, I was kind of surprised that they weren't better. No, I know they lost D winners and Thomaslin Hodge or Hodge Thomason, whatever his name is. I know they lost a few players on defense, but I expected them to be better than this, especially yeah. coming in as the 17th ranked team in the country. You can't just let Colorado, who's been down for a number of years, hang 45 on you. So, if that's the case, then TCU's in for a long season. But I expect they're going to be better than that going forward. That, that game shocked me, I will say that. And it, but it was a very entertaining game. I, I did not – I expected the Colorado offense to be decent. Um, and the defense wasn't good. You know, obviously it's a shootout. But I just – I don't know. I, I didn't quite see this level of um, – competency overall for Colorado, I guess, right? Just a whole, basically a whole new team. Right, and it kind of set the tone for the weekend. Right? As I said earlier, it was the big noon, or the big 12 noon kickoff classic game of the week, right? Yep. 
So it kind of set the tone for Saturday. Um, I mean, there were some there were some good games over the weekend. You know, let's give Duke some praise, right? Um, oh yeah, went in oh yeah, and just manhandled Clemson. Um, of course, Clemson gave them a lot of turnovers, but Duke did what well, you're supposed to do when a team that, that Clemson offensive line is that Clemson did. offensive line looks really, really bad. Oh, it's so it's rough. It's so rough, dude. And so, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know what Club Knicks or Clemson's A dot was, but it had to be super low because, uh, yeah, he just like I don't know the, the offensive line. That's like <laughs> they were like as bad as ODU's offensive line, and that's that's a, that's really bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they had uh, six TFLs and two sacks is what Duke had on the night. Um, just uh, it was just a rough showing for uh, Club Nick and Dabo down there in the Clemson. So, um, any other games kind of stand out to you? I know we had a lot of blowouts by the by the top teams. Uh, naturally, so the first couple of weeks were kind of. I mean, we've talked about most of the games that I I spent my day watching. Um, obviously, I watched the ODU Virginia Tech game, and you know, I think both teams are bad. I think ODU and Tech are both bad teams, um, but I do think Tech has a better O line and a better D line, and that was that. That to me was the true difference in the game. Uh, obviously, turnovers didn't help, but um, that Virginia Tech D line, in particular, Antoine Powell, um, the transfer from Florida, he looked really good. Uh, and I think he's going to be a problem for uh, for other ACC teams. Like he. He looked like an all-ACC performer to me. Right. Um, kind of being – playing your card, you know, with the home homer team. Um, Tennessee, you know, they, they lost Byron Young, uh, Matthew Butler, and some other players the last couple of years. They've got a, a lot of young players, and Tyler Barron was their main returning pass rusher, right? So there was a lot of questions about who's going to be that bookend and we found out week one who that is, and it's going to be James Pierce Jr. I know they've got some other guys there, um, Josh Joseph, Josh, Joshua Joseph, and some of those other guys. Uh, it's going it to be Ro- Pierce. Is it Roman Harrison, him. another one? Yeah, Roman Harrison. He's more of a senior outside linebacker type deal. Um, but James Pierce Jr., two sacks, and the box score don't really show the impact that he had because from – the entire first half, he was just harassing them. And they, I don't know if it was because they were paying so much attention to Barron, who had two sacks as well. Um, but if Pierce can give them that kind of play uh, opposite of Barron, I think they'll be all right uh, as far as a pass rusher. And I looked around in some leagues. He was available, you know, and I went and picked him up. So how, how did um, how'd the linebackers Beasley and uh, Peely look? It was kind of a weird game stat-wise, right? Because nobody really, really ran away with the stats. Yeah. Um, Beasley looked his normal self. <sighs> Peely looked really good. And the reason I had that side is he got injured. And they're expecting oh. him to miss a couple weeks. And there's – Heupel never let into it. He just said, we expect him to miss a couple weeks. We're not sure long term, but there are some rumors he could miss the season. 
Um, if that's the case, that kind of hurts. But I would suggest if you have Peely or need a linebacker, I would go grab Arian Carter, the true freshman, right now as a, a safety blanket or, or whatever you want to do because that dude is uh, he's going to be the next one up if Peely can't play. And I would, I would expect to see a heavy dose of him this week against Austin P. Because um, Tennessee really only runs two linebackers. They run like a 4-2-5 kind of mix. Yeah. So, um, Harrison kind of comes in as that third linebacker, but he's usually more of a kind of like a pass rusher type deal. But, uh, yeah, Peely looked good when he was in there, and then he got hurt, unfortunately. I think he had like five tackles. Uh, hang on, I'll tell you for sure. Um, I think it was uh, – yeah, he had four tackles, two solos. So, um, Tennessee played a lot of players, a lot of players. They got a lot of their young guys, got uh, got experience. Elijah Herring, who's a young guy, sophomore, he led with five tackles and a TFL. Uh, we talked – Arian Carter did come in. He had four tackles and two solos. So, that tells me right away he's going to be the instant replacement for Peely. Um, Davian Hobbs is more of an inside – Interior guy, three tackles, three solos. Barron had three tackles, two and a half for a loss and two sacks. Pierce had three tackles, two sacks. Um, they just – they took advantage of Virginia not being good, and they got a lot of experience for their young guys, and it's going to be the yeah. same thing this week with Austin V. So, um, I think when we hit Florida in week three, when we go to the Swamp, you're, you're going to find out just who the main guys are for Tennessee. And I expect Carter to be that now. If Peely doesn't return, it's going to be Carter. I expect uh, uh, Pierce to be the guy opposite of Barron and then some of the other guys. We still got some question marks like in our secondary a little bit, but uh, I think that'll, I think they'll kind of work that out. Um, the, um, Omar Norman Lott, the transfer from Arizona, the big dude in the middle that they uh, teamed up with Amari Thomas. He did well. Four tackles, two solos. Um, gave Julie Lolly uh, had a tackle. So our, you know, our transfer pieces did really good for us. So, and I think that'll continue. I just think this Virginia was so bad that it, it was kind of a nasty hard to, game. Hard to take away a lot. Yeah. 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 But I think there's some, you know, there's some silver linings if you kind of look at it and dig a little bit. I'll tell you one thing. D. Williams, if he can learn to play some defense at corner, that dude is going to be crazy because his return skills are off the charts. He broke like two or three that was over 40, 50 yards on kickoff and punt return. So dynamic player. So if they can get him, you know, if they can get him playing some corner, which they would like to do, I think he would be a good one too. So. Um, the um, did you watch the uh, Wisconsin Buffalo game? I watched some of it. So I didn't um, watch it all, but I did. If, if you're if you're an owner of uh, linebacking stud Sean Dolak, you should pay attention to Twitter this week because he got hurt in that game. Um, I think he, I yeah. mean, he may have been a concussion, but he took a pretty big shot from uh, uh, running back Braylon Allen and. He left the game and didn't come back. So I don't know if he got the wind knocked out of him, if he got a concussion or what. But, um, you know. Well, it, I mean, obviously, I just turned it over there and noticed that, that he was out and I didn't know what happened. So 
Yeah, he took a he took a. I mean, Braylon Allen. He took a shot from Braylon Allen. It was the best way I can describe it. Uh, so you know, pay it attention to Twitter like this week. Most of the game. I mean, he had eight tackles, seven solos. Yeah, it was later in the so. game. It was towards the end. Um, so, but I'd pay attention Speaking to Twitter. Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Speaking of Buffalo, um, I must be on a delay. I, I keep cutting you off. Marcus Fuqua, the safety. That's another one you need to go get. 11 tackles, five solos. He had a big game. So, Speaking of big games, two, yeah, uh, two true freshmen, uh, Sunterine Perkins, uh, down at Old Miss. He led Old Miss in tackles. Um, and for, for a true freshman that played offense and defense in high school, um, the dude, I, you know, I, I talked about it here. I talked about it on the, the future freshman podcast. The dude's just a player, man. And like how he wasn't the number one linebacker in the class. I, I don't, I don't really know the answer <laughs> to that question. Cause it definitely was not Anthony Hill in my opinion. Um, yeah. So, I mean, for him as a true freshman, his very first college game to go lead an SEC team in tackles that, that says a lot to me and Caleb Downs the same way, right? we, we knew Caleb Downs was going to be a stud, and you know he, he went out and proved it week one for Alabama. Yeah, that, if you don't know about Caleb Downs by now, you have clearly not been listening to anything that we've said or wrote anything because that he's the dude, right? Eight tackles, six solos, a TFL as a true freshman, game one for a Nick Saban defense, and that's. Insanity, um, and immediately what happened? The comps to to Minka Fitzpatrick and Demarco Helms and Jordan Battle and all the great safeties that's come out of Alabama, and you're already hearing Caleb Downs. And you know what? He might be better than all of them. I, I could, yeah. he's he's a playmaker. Did uh, did you watch any of that game? I, I didn't catch any of that game. I was I have not. I uh, do kind of curious uh, how Dallas Turner looked because stat wise Turner didn't do too much. Yeah, he didn't do a whole lot. Um, two tackles, a half TFL, um, and that was one of the big questions, right? Will Anderson Jr.'s gone. Just how good is Dallas Turner? Because that's the key, right? The, the yeah. superstar is gone. What do you do when you're by yourself? So, um, But looking at kind of Alabama's defensive stats, they were kind of mixed like Tennessee, right? They had a lot of young guys playing. Um, James Smith, the superstar. Five star recruit that's come in. You know, he had two tackles. Tony did, uh, Mitchell, did the other star safety. Did Keeley or Pierre or Russo play? Um, I'm looking. Earl Little played. Um, I know Tony Mitchell got in too. I did see his name on there. Yeah, Tony Mitchell had a tackle. Uh, I don't see their names. Oh, Key did play. Jalen Key played a lot. I was looking for Keon Keeley. Oh, Keeley, Keeley, Keeley. No, I do not see him. Tresman Marshall, the transfer from Georgia, four tackles, three solos. Um, Terry and Arnold, five tackles. Deontay Lawson, kind of surprising. Seven tackles, four solos, two TFLs, and a sack. So, that might be a name that you can kind of look at your waiver wire and pick up um, if you're needing a linebacker. But, yeah. 
Yeah, they kind of had a mixed bag, but they were led, no doubt, by Caleb Downs. And I think he's, you know, Coach Saban, he, he likes to coach the DB, so I'm sure he's full hands-on with what he's doing with Downs, right? Yeah, um, it's, it's just shocking to see true freshmen lead the defense for two SEC schools. That just is a little bit of a surprise to me. Not to say those guys are both talented, yeah. they are, but I certainly didn't expect them to kind of lead the defense on week one. Well, that just shows – I think that goes a long way to show you just how good those two guys are, right? Yeah. I mean, we've talked about – we've talked about Downs for well over a year now because I was yeah. watching him at Mill Creek, and I, I kind of were – we kind of turned on to him during our recruiting series, and, man, he's not let up. And here you are, true freshman for arguably one of the four best schools in the country for the past, what, ten years. Yeah, that's routinely national championship contender, and you come in week one as a true freshman and lead them in tackles and solos and leading that defense. That's uh, that says a lot about how much Saban trusts you because that's not something he does a lot of. So, um, I have downs in a few places. Um, I'm glad I've got him. So, um, looking at week two, we kind of touched on some of the um the week one big games, looking ahead at week two. There's not a lot going on as far as big games. I'm sure all eyes are going to be on Colorado and Nebraska after the week one that Colorado had, right? Um, but looking at like top 10 matchups or top 25 matchups, there is not a whole lot. This is this is the cupcake week, so to speak, where you you warm yeah. up before you hit conference play. Now, we just talked about Alabama; they're ranked third, right? They've got a big home game against Texas, eleventh ranked Texas, which I wasn't too overly impressed with Texas. But Jalen Ford, he's that guy for them. Yeah. By the way, yeah. he, he's a stud. He's a stud. Um, but I think Alabama kind of. I think they beat up on Texas. I think it's going to be a long game. If they get solid quarterback play, it'll be a long game for Texas, I think. Yeah, it'll be interesting because I felt like last year Texas should have won that game. And and if, if Quinn Ewers hadn't gotten hurt, I feel like they probably would have won that game. So um be interesting to kind of see what happens. Yeah, I'm just kind of scrolling here. The only other top 25 matchup is – uh, number 20, Ole Miss, versus, as they go to uh, New Orleans, as they have to play number 24, Tulane. So, other than that, that's your only two top 25 matchups. Everybody else has got cupcakes. Like I said, you know, Tennessee's playing Austin P. Clemson's playing Charleston Southern. Um, you know, Ohio State's playing Youngtown State. Georgia plays Ball State. So, there's yeah. not – I expect these games to be – runaways and a lot of players played a lot of young guys played um i think next week's where we really start to get into some of the games as the, as the conference play kansas illinois uh is a friday night game that could be interesting um a little bit if you're watching for a game on friday night but um other than that i mean there's no real huge matchups but i could see now i mean you did talk about this Texas A&M 23rd ranked has to go to Miami. Miami's going to beat them, I feel. Um, 
We talked about Florida State being good. I think Miami has a chance to be the second best team in the ACC. Um, and I think they'll be ranked, uh, especially if they beat Texas a and I think they're good at all. Oh, yeah, they'll definitely be ranked if they beat Texas Their running back group is awesome. Yeah, their running back group is pretty good with Parrish and those guys. they got a good Parrish, group Parrish, and then they got the uh, true freshman, Mark Fletcher. Oh, yeah, he looked good too. Yeah. And I think that's going to be the – Kind of the norm for them, right? The whole running back committee thing go with a hot hand. So they like them all. So the, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. Yeah. I think they're gonna. I mean, they. I know they really like Parrish, and I, I know they like Fletcher too. So, um, yeah, I think they'll. It'll be a split backfield. But yeah, um, anything else? Um, no, that you wanted to discuss. Um, I know I did a piece uh, on the IDP Nation Patreon, if you'll go over there, because I do a lot of Debbie stuff over there. So I did the uh, IDP Debbie stock market this week. So you need to go check that out. Jay Higgins was on there. Uh, I had talked about um, a couple of other players that you need to go check out. There's some players that, hey, we've missed on, right? some big-name players that we've missed on, and I think maybe it's getting close to time to uh, cut bait. Um, so go check that out. Well, I will um, say this. Corey Foreman did have some play. stats this week, so at least he did play. <laughs> yeah. Well, hallelujah. He decided to I mean, I don't think it wasn't play. anything spectacular, but he was in the game, so <laughs> he had like a tackle or something. Well, you know, Justin Flo had a, Justin Flo had a couple of tackles too, but let's not – Stop the presses over that, right? <laughs> no, absolutely not. If you can but get yeah, anything for either one out. of those guys, do it. Yeah, and that's basically they were my couple of my liquidations, right? And that's basically what I'm saying. If you can get something for them, now's the time to do it because it's not looking good long term. So, um, but go check that out. I also did a, a top ten uh, rankings, team rankings. So. Go see who my top ten is. Uh, I'll try to do that each week. Um, like I said, I got the IDP Debbie rankings. If you don't know, it's over 300 now. Um, thanks to Justice for all his work helping me get that set up. Um, and I, I expect it to change week to week for the first few weeks. Yeah, well, and, and the stuff that I do, I got to rebuild it. So <laughs> it's on my to-do list of things. Well, yeah, but you can see, you know, some of the stuff that you've got there is still there. So. Yeah, I mean, all, the, all last year's stats are still there. Just, just, just not updated with this year's stuff yet. Yeah, but go check that out. Um, you can check out Justice. He does a lot of stuff for Campus Canton. He helps them out. Um, you got a new podcast that you're doing, the G5 Hive? Yep, yep. It's uh, G5 Hive with uh, me and uh, Luke Probasco. Um We just talked G5 college football. So, yeah. Good time. Awesome. Monday nights. Yeah. Yeah. Go check that out. Monday nights. Awesome. Definitely go check out Justice's work there and the podcast. Um, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, Podbean, Stitcher, uh, you can go to the IDP Nation pod page um, and leave a review. There's a whole review tab there, but wherever you listen to podcasts, leave us a five-star review or tell us how bad we're doing or or what you want to hear, um, that helps us grow on those platforms. Go over to our YouTube channel that Justice was good enough to help set up. Um, 
leave a review there. That's growing as well. Um, I noticed uh, we're gaining some subscribers there as well as on our Twitter. We're almost to uh, 500 on Twitter now. So, um, But go over to YouTube. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Help us grow there. It just helps us get out to a broader, bigger audience, all that good stuff. Uh, don't forget about our sponsors, Trophy Smack, Action 24-7, and my fantasy league. And um, I think that's it. Just tune in to IDP Nation uh, for articles and our Patreon, and then uh, especially this podcast. because We do a lot here with the Davey IDP grind. So um, I will say this. If you've got any ideas for topics or whatever you would like for us to kind of think about implementing or whatever, Shoot us a DM, let us know. We're always glad to help. So um, good luck to your teams, uh, your fancy teams. Oh, and I, I've got to brag because after last year's uh, kind of debacle for me, I'm red hot. A complete 5-0 and in week one. That's awesome. Congrats. You know, man. in the – yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing the old – pat myself <laughs> on the shoulder. Right I know. Now. I didn't go undefeated, so. You know, nobody <laughs> – well, I was surprised. I kind of sweated. And, and one league is because my yeah, defense was terrible. I had like the lowest scoring defense in the league. So, <laughs> oh. yeah. Well, I kind of looked last year. That's kind of where I was lacking. I'm like, dude, you're an IDP guy and you're lacking an IDP. So, well, uh, the, the problem week, for me is I, I, I like to use too many of up. my roster spots on offense. So I don't leave myself a lot of options on defense. So <laughs> when those when those options don't do well, then I don't do well. <laughs> Like Nick Jackson, exactly. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, or Justin Jacobs who didn't I, I play. I think that has to be the shock of the week. I think the Nick Jackson was the shock of the week because I just expected him to have 10, 12 tackles to be that Jack yeah. Campbell guy. He didn't. Do, and he didn't do terrible. He did okay, but it was just okay. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. great. But hey, maybe it was just a one week thing. And yeah, we'll see. He See how it turns out this week. But, yeah, um, I guess one piece of advice that I would give is always pay attention, even to these big out-of-nowhere players and scores, but don't overreact, right? Don't yeah, yeah, just yeah. cut players and uh, to grab somebody. If you've got room to grab a Jay Higgins, fine. It's not costing you nothing, right? Yeah, yeah, but don't overreact to like some, some of these bigger cutting. schools who rotate a lot, right? Because they're playing nobodies. Right, right. Exactly. Um, with that, I think we've kind of covered everything, and uh, so we will uh, we'll be back next week uh, with the week two recap, and uh, hopefully, I've continued my winning ways. So, uh, <laughs> remains to be seen.